Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Major Movement. I'm your host, Mike Major. Now let's start the show. Aunt, you ready? Let's go. Hey, what's up, guys? And uh, thank you so much for joining me for the second installment of The Major Movement. We're here at episode two. Glad you can join me and uh, check it out. I-, I told you I'd be back, right? Right? Uh, thank you so much for those who have checked out episode one. Uh, the tremendous support. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, appreciate you guys sharing and uh yeah, we've, we've, it's been amazing. Uh, I think over like a hundred some views. So it's, it's been dope. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. But, uh, let's, let's focus on why we're here, right? Got a podcast to do, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I, I didn't necessarily plan on speaking on this topic right at this exact moment. I had several topics lined up for you guys over the course of this, of these next couple of weeks and, you know, some things were going to fall in place given what was going on this fall, right? And uh, I, I felt considering the recent events of Tuesday night's debate, uh, a it was appropriate for, for us to talk about it, right? And uh, definitely confront some things. So just to set the uh, expectation accordingly, what the hell was that? <laughs> um like, I don't know what that was, but that was, that was a terrible debate. Just, just absolutely terrible. Um, there was a lot of, uh, descriptive words used to describe it. So let's see. There was, there was a train wreck. Yeah. It was trash. It was disgraceful. It was, uh, strangely, it was American. Strangely. You know, and, and I say that. As it felt like a pretty accurate description of American politics as it stands right now and, and has it has, has been for the past couple of years. Now, when I see folks arguing on Facebook, going back and forth with their neighbors or their um, their relatives, this is that that debate is what it sounds like, obviously, in audio form. And uh, yeah, it's it's a mess. It's, it's crazy. And. The debate was just absolutely insane. <laughs> um, I mean, you couldn't escape it, whether you're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Twitter was off the chain. I mean, it was, it was, it was a riot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't believe we really spent our time listening to that. And we did. Well, I don't want to see we. I know there's some folks listening right now that's like, Mike, I didn't listen to that. I got enough sense. I had better things to do with my time. So I, I commend you. You you are a lot sharper than me. However, I watched it and foolishly thought uh, there may be something interesting to come of it. Um, and boy, was I wrong. So uh, let's talk about it. Now, 
for starters, I'm honestly not too surprised how it played out. Okay, let, let me correct myself. I am surprised, but I'm not. Here, here's why. Now, if you've watched any interaction that Donald Trump has had with other politicians, media folk, and the like, anyone that he's not a fan of, which is pretty much if you're not a part of his base, he didn't vote for him. Um, this behavior is what comes to mind. Uh, during the 2016 GOP debates, he did the same thing. He really did. If you, if you go on YouTube and you look it up, he did the same thing, you know, over talking people, insulting them, just kind of being that tough guy, right? Because that is what his brand is about is being tough, being a counter puncher, which whatever. Um, but yeah, that's that's part of his brand. He's a tough guy, you know what I'm saying? He's he's going to intimidate you. He's going to put you in his place and you're not you're not going to you're not going to talk down to him. He's not going to let you do that. And um yeah, I mean, he he displays this behavior consistently. So it's it's just what you expect, right? So why did we expect something different? I mean, I, I don't know. You tell me, but based off the people's responses, you know, family, friends, colleagues, uh, it had me a bit confused. You know, there were some moments of, uh, laughter. Uh, a couple people had some good gifts. There was a lot of games out, drinking games going on, you know, whether, uh, Joe said malarkey or here's the deal or when Trump would say fake news or bigly or whatever silly phrases he would say. Um, you know, people had prepared to, to ease the pain of the night, uh, with alcohol, <laughs> which should kind of tell you where this thing was going. Now, of all the things I was prepared to hear, I wasn't prepared to hear uh, Joe uh, tell him to shut up. Now that was that was like wow, okay, you know, we 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 own something now. Um, now was he right? Yeah, you know, Donnie was doing a little too much talking, but again, we expect this. Uh, but it was moments like that. Trump literally yelling at Chris Wallace like he was debating him for a minute. So I wasn't sure what debate I was watching. You know, then Trump telling the Proud Boys to stand back and stand like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, it, it was it was insane. You know, I was like, they, they're really on some other shit tonight. But when it came down to it, the debate served no purpose other than to really reinforce what an absolute mess the situation was because you really couldn't get anything worthwhile out of it because they kept talking over each other and and insulting each other and what have you. You know what I'm saying? And, and to be fair, I wasn't a fan of Biden's answers to everything, right? You know, obviously there's this whole sleepy Joe, he's too old to be running, and I'm not focused on that. That's not a big deal to me. You know what I'm saying? People saying like, you know, why do we have these two old white men represent America? You know, we have such diverse populism. Those things are all legit. Those things are all legit. But I wasn't focused on that. What I was focused on really as it you know, came to Joe was how is he going to react and how is he going to handle the elephant in the room? The 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 one thing that's a stain on his legacy, uh, according to some people. Um and that would be uh, his relationship with not only the black community, but especially as it pertains to the 1994 crime bill, right? And I wanted to know which Joe are we going to get? Are we going to get a Joe Biden that is committed to 
undoing some of the damage that his bill may have contributed to, you know what I'm saying? Such as, uh, you know, where does he stand with for profit, for profit prisons and the mandatory minimums and min, uh, mandatory minimums, excuse me, that I shouldn't have struggled with that word, but I did. Um, as well as, you know, decriminalization of marijuana use. And, and there's so many things as it pertains to criminalization, criminalization of, of an African American community. Um, as well as other topics. I was hoping to hear him talk about as far as uh, access to quality education and schooling, um, health care, okay, um, and all those things like that, um, especially even homes, getting, you know, getting access to, you know, loans for your home uh, so that you can tap into uh, wealth for your families long term. Matter of fact, small, medium businesses that, you know, the coronavirus has deeply impacted, not only uh, you know, most Americans, but especially African Americans, right? Um, so I was wondering, like, which one are we gonna get? You know, we're gonna get good Joe, bad Joe, sleepy Joe, all these other Joes. You know, which one are we gonna get? And you know, I ultimately came to a point where you know I had to kind of say to myself, like, you know, I want in my heart of hearts, I want to give people the grace, uh that's necessary to change and to grow because I look at myself and I realized that several years ago, as I see the world, I was very naive. I didn't know much, if not anything at all. And over time, you become more exposed to things. You, you talk about things, you research things, you read things, you watch more videos, you become more enlightened, hopefully. And so you're, you're, you're a better version of yourself when it's time to make actual decisions as an adult, right? That's, that's the hope. Um, that we should all be trying to get to. But I didn't know if Joe had gotten to that point. And there were pockets. There were pockets of moments where I felt good about Joe or okay with Joe, you know, because given his his history, it's with, with uh, our community, you know, you have people that, you know, looking for him to reestablish trust um, or just don't trust him at all. You know what I'm saying? And and with that, you have to start with, obviously, acknowledgement of the wrong that you've done, right? Uh, then proceed it with steady action uh, to re-earn the trust so that people can feel that you're worth trusting. That's kind of how it goes. And like I said, in, in pockets, I've seen that with Joe. But I do know that for the black vote, we need to see more. Not just me, but I believe that's the collective approach and belief right now is that we need to see more. We need to see more consistency, not only from Joe, but from Democrats. Um, but we won't see any of this if folks are voting, you know, basing their voting practices to the candidate that they are in love with. I mean, in love with them? Politicians, really. I- I'm just not the belief that it works that way. You know, politicians, as I, as we've all grown up knowing you know, next to like lawyers and the such is they could tend to be dishonest a bit or mislead you a bit, or at the very least, they have very lofty goals that ultimately they come to find out they may not be able to accomplish. And so most people are very wary of their trust of candidates. So when people go so hard to, to, to find this undying love, I'm just not really understanding why, like, <laughs> You know, it's very rare that they're going to be able to check all these boxes. But 
you know, I think for me, what kind of allows me to understand the process maybe a little bit better is is in how you view you know voting and the candidates, and it's likened to picking out a car or getting on a bus or public transportation. So when you you pick out a car, you pick out the color you want, you pick out the make and model. You know, two door, four doors. It's gonna be a truck. It's gonna be a mini, mini, minivan. You know, maybe you're getting your soccer mom on, whatever colors you like, speaker system. You know what I'm saying? Sunroof, all that, right? And you you drive that vehicle probably every single day. You know exactly how it turns, how it responds in the rain. You know how far you can go before you're actually stuck on the side of the road needing gas, all those little things that you take, you know, you, you take in consideration because it's your vehicle. You know it in and out. Voting for politicians is not that. It just isn't. Not in my eyes. It's more of you getting on a bus. The bus is rarely going to deliver you in front of your home unless you live on the street. But in most cases, the bus is going to get you within a block, two, three, four blocks of your house or wherever you're trying to go safely, reliably, hopefully. And, you know, if it's Ramada and you live in the DMV, hey, <laughs> you already know. But the point being is, is that you make those choices with public transportation because it's going to get you as close as possible reliably in your eyes to where you're going to go with the understanding that it's not a perfect solution or it may not be a perfect solution every single time. I'm fairly sure, you know, when I process the whole thing of what I'm going to get from Donald Trump and there are many concerns, there are many things that he's done policy wise, just personally, just watching him interact with our leaders, uh, people in Congress, and just everyday people that are just concerning, just as like a person, right? Because you would like to believe that people are just good people for the most part, right? But some of it is just not even worth entertaining for me. It just isn't. Now, between his handling of COVID, uh, the coronavirus pandemic, uh, his treatment of people of color, especially women, uh, his bigotry, his ignorance, his, his lack of trust uh, in following science to make certain decisions that require science to help you make these decisions. And the list goes on. I mean, you type in healthcare, trade deals, his interactions with other world leaders, um, police brutality as a, a systemic racism. Like, do literally said the other day, like, he didn't think systemic racism was a thing. Like, what? It's just not considering for me. I'm sorry. It's, 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 uh, it's done for me. But at no point is not voting at all in this election not on the table, right? That that wasn't a thought that crossed my mind. And the reason to that, the reason based off of that is, you know, since I became a citizen of this country several years ago, that's something that I actually look forward to. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess when you don't have the ability to, Maybe you appreciate it more as one of those things, but I actually looked forward to voting. And yes, this is all during the Barack Obama days. But still, I appreciate the experience of voting, going through the process and listening to the candidates' different sides and their different uh, suggestions to improve the country. 
And yes, I do have a level of skepticism with all of them, as I think a realistic person should. You know, I don't think you should put all your eggs in one basket of a candidate without proof and consistency. And I ultimately realized that, you know, not participating in the process leaves you with either A, you benefit when the country is doing well, or you suffer if the country is doing not, and the policies that have been enacted affect you adversely. And by then it's too late. You're just a keyboard warrior complaining to everybody else that you don't like this guy, you don't like that girl, and I can't wait to vote so-and-so. Not Well, I mean, you didn't vote in the first place, so you really don't have a leg to stand on. But again, it's your choice, right? That's that's the beauty of it. As it stands right now, it's your choice. Um, I just disagree a bit. Now, I encourage everyone that is listening today, I want you to decide for yourself who you want to vote for. Um, vote you know, for the candidate that you feel best supports your interests and visions for this country. But also don't forget that there's more at stake than just the occupant of the White House, right? Um, before I kind of dive into that, you know, I want to take a step back and kind of explain, you know, my process for voting uh, myself personally. So I opted to do the mail-in ballot and I signed up a couple weeks ago uh, for the mail-in ballot. Not mail, not mail, yeah, mail in ballot to be sent to me electronically. Uh, I think I did this in August or early September, and I received my electronic ballot notification, logged in, I was able to view my ballot. Um, and I will say this circumstance or, or this uh, experience so far has, hasn't been too bad in that I've been able, been able to sit and actually really focus on the uh, items that I'm voting on, which is obviously in addition to voting for Trump or Biden or, you know, on the presidential ticket, there's so many other issues, especially for Baltimore County residents where I live, right? And I will say for those of us living in the Baltimore area and in the DMV, and if you don't know, those are two separate things. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> I did not misspeak. Um, but as well as around the country, right? You're, you're voting more than just, your vote is cast for more than just the president of the United States. It's cast for Things in your neighborhood, in your community, such as funding for schools, roads, uh, for, you know, fixing the parks, cleaning your streets, all that. I mean, funding for different buildings, whether it be whether it be for gambling, you know, all that. There's different things happening in your community that I feel that really, really are important that you have to be a part of because you live there on the federal level. Man, those guys could be arguing for months. <laughs> we know this. But the things that happen in your communities, those things really, really impact you. Really do. So it's important that you be a part of the process. Like living here in Baltimore County, you know, with my son, when it was time for him to look at school, you know, we saw like there were schools out in the county and in this in Baltimore City, I believe, that didn't have proper air conditioning, that didn't have proper um uh, heating during the wintertime. I mean, those things are troubling. Those are things that uh, hopefully with proper funding, we can accomplish and get done so that those kids can go to school and be comfortable while they're learning. All those things are important, right? And so that's that's really where your vote has value because, like I said, unlike on the federal level, things take time or can take time there. And I had recently posted 
on my Facebook page that voting is an important part of the process, but it isn't the process. It isn't the whole thing. Okay. Because people tend to say like, oh, I voted and that's the extent of it. Yes, that's an important part of your responsibility, but there's so much more to it that I feel that we need to begin to work at and look at and analyze. Okay. We still have a responsibility that after you vote, after we vote our officials in there, we have to hold them accountable. They still have to do their jobs. And if they don't do their jobs, we need to let them know. Whenever we see them, whether it be in emails, calls, and all that, you gotta let them know. You know what I'm saying? And if you feel that you have a candidate that's running and they don't support or provide the services you feel your community really needs to thrive and grow, and you believe you have it in your heart and in your in your body to to carry that mantle, run. You'd be surprised how many people have just run off of just the feeling that they feel they can serve their communities better than some of these politicians who've been doing it for decades have been doing it. And they've come out there and won and made real differences. Again, it's all possible. Organizing, mobilizing, whether it be your nonprofits with your church leaders, local community leaders and advocates to discuss issues, to bring it to your senators, state representatives, governors. Those things are important and should always be a part of the process. Now, when it really comes down to it is with the black vote, we have to demand and expect more. We, we have to. You know, gone are the days of just handing over your vote. And I would say that for everybody, but I'm speaking specifically to uh, the folks in our community, in the black community. We can't just hand it over. I get that. I, I really do understand that. And I think uh, we have to find ways to communicate our dissatisfaction and our expectations and find ways to hold them accountable. Hold them accountable and make them work for the vote. There needs to be tangible, real Radical change. No more lip service. That's just not going to fly anymore because we've showed up, especially our black women have shown up and have cast their votes, have waited in line, have protested, have organized, mobilized, been knocking on doors, doing the calls, all those things that you do uh, during election time. Folks have been out there doing it. You know what I'm saying? So we we definitely want to see positive change as it relates to this. Now, this podcast today isn't about who you should vote for, honestly, right? People are going to do what they're going to do, whether I say Biden or Trump. I would expect that you're going to take the time for those who are registered to get informed, if you haven't already. If you are not registered, get registered. You still have time. At least in the state of Maryland, you have until Tuesday, October 13th. Okay, but if you're already registered and you are not having, you don't, you haven't planned on voting, I encourage you to get as informed as you can between now and then. I don't know if the debates are ultimately going to provide you with what you need, but if that's the way you want to go, then prepare to drink a little bit, <laughs> a lot uh, through them. But yeah, I mean, we, we have to take our vote seriously. I mean, just today, I, I, literally just today, I read that the governor of Texas is scaling back the amount of absentee drop-off boxes to one box per county. One box per county. Just just marinate, marinate on that just a little bit. What? Why would you do that? To, to make it easier? 
if, if we're in a day and time right now where we're still dealing with the ongoing issues of coronavirus and its reach in our communities, and you would rather make it difficult for people to vote and to drop off their ballot than to make it easier, that's what it should be about. So if they're, if they're if folks are out there making it difficult for you, why is that? It's not because you voting is a waste of time and does nothing. It's because it's actually worth something to somebody. And these politicians and organizations, they'll do their part to, to hamper it as much as they can legally. And it's crazy, but that's just the way it is. So please go out there, get informed. Please do your part and vote. It's important. It matters. Young people, they matter. Your communities, they matter. Your schools for your kids, they matter. The environment matters. The health of the of the uh, residents, healthcare matters. Policing matters. All those things are important because ultimately, whether the occupant of the White House is rocking red, rocking blue, or they're that those things don't matter. It's what the people decide, and the people's voice has to reign supreme. We cannot be silenced by any oppressive forces out there. Because trust me, if we don't take our vote seriously, the next four years may not feel any better than the last four. And that's a train wreck that we all can see coming. Remember, you can register to vote online until Tuesday, October 13th here in Maryland. If you have any questions, uh, go check out elections.maryland.gov. I'd like to thank you for taking a moment for checking out the podcast today. And as I uh, say, Please, please remember your power. Remember your power. Remember your voice. It's far more powerful than you think. So thank you, kings and queens. Stay blessed, and I'll catch you later. Peace.